0: Well, good evening, everyone. Glad to have you here this evening. Beautiful weather, beautiful full moon. I just love it out there. So we'll just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for the beautiful weather, for the rain that we've had earlier this week, Lord, and for the coolness and the Fall, Lord, all the seasons of life, Lord. We just thank you for the blessings that you pour out upon us each and every day, Lord. Help us to pour back those blessings and back to you as we bless you and praise and worship this evening. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: We're just going to be comfortable tonight, so if y'all want to stand, stand. Father, we just want to lift and magnify your name, God. That is within me, Lord.
0: We bless your heart. so got some praise and prayer requests um in our annual thanksgiving dinner is coming up on the 20th um following the am service the church is going to provide the turkey and the ham so we they're going to have a sign up sheet on sunday so everybody can sign up for side dishes and desserts and let them know what you're bringing so that we don't all bring pumpkin pie i love pumpkin pie but some people like pecan pie or others. (laughs) So whatever you prefer. Anyway, there'll be no midweek service that Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving on the 23rd. And men's breakfast, as far as I know um, and chasing new, is still going for November 19th. um, Men's Breakfast Food and Fellowship, 8.30 a.m. on the 19th but there is no heart to heart um because that falls the same week as thanksgiving there's no prime timers because same weekend is thanksgiving so november and december all very filled up so has anybody got any praises or prayer requests that you want to yes okay yeah let's pray for sister Ladonna. Obviously for just see Anybody else? It is never too late, never too late. We we'll always have hope in Jesus. Yes. I'm just going to believe God. Yes. We're believing God with you. And thank God. You're not lying and you don't have an accurate much. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Miss Lennon. Well, I just want to praise the Lord, that that shock that I was so afraid of. <laughs> uh, um, the Lord used it. He told me to do it afraid, and so I did, and um, I feel so much better. I went through my week and came home at night and wasn't in a lot of pain at the end of the workday. And so I am praising the Lord that my back is so much better. Um, it's not 100% yet, but that's okay. The Lord is working, and I'm believing for it to be 100% because what he started, he will finish, and I'm believing him for it. And Alan's uh, shoulder is doing much, much better. He's still doing some PT, but he had follow-up at the ortho, and they said he's doing great, and just don't shoot a shotgun quite yet. But other than that, because well, for those who don't know, it goes up against that particular shoulder, so, yeah. Anyway, but, um, and, um, I just ask you to continue praying for my sister Sheila and her husband Ranger. Um, she is home from the hospital, but um, her son is there uh, arranging, trying to arrange how she's going to get to cancer, chemo treatments. She finished the radiation, uh, and so that's still all in the, you know, in flux. Um, but uh, she and Ranger both. Um, desperately need a miracle in their lives so. alright alright we'll just go to the Lord in prayer Lord I just thank you that we live in a country where we had the freedom to vote yesterday and Lord I just lift up all those ballots to you and that all the people that you want in office are the ones that are going to be in office because Lord you are in control and I thank you, God, that even if it's not someone we think or who we voted for, that it doesn't matter because we're going to pray for them. And we do just pray for all the people that's coming in and out of office, Lord, that, that you would bless them and give them wisdom and guidance and direction, Lord, because our country needs it, Lord. We need you to move on our behalf in our government, Lord. And we just ask you to do it, Lord. Lord, I just lift up all these ones on the prayer list. So many in our church, Lord, that need healing, Lord. And we ask you to bring healing upon them, Lord. Lord, we lift up uh, LaDonna, Lord, that you would, Lord, you would just give her peace, Lord. That that headache would go away, Lord. having a migraine or a bad sinus headache it can be horrible so lord we just ask you to bring peace lord into her mind and into her body lord that she'll be able to rest and relax in you lord and be relieved of the pain in the name of jesus i thank you lord for jerry atkins lord lord we just we just come against that kidney stone and command it to be dissolved and broken up and dissolved out so small that it will not cause pain as it leaves and passes from his body in the name of Jesus. We speak the same to that blood clot, that it sees and desist and that he get a good report, Lord, and the swelling will go back down on his leg because the blood clot will be dissolved and not even show up on the scan, Lord, and he'll have a reversal of the swelling in the name of Jesus. We just rebu- the cancer that has been attacking his body lord lord we have been praying and believing and we are continuing to stand on his behalf lord that you will heal him for by your stripes he was healed and made whole. I thank you, Lord, for the good report and care God at the eye doctor, Lord. And, Lord, we just speak healing into her eyes, Lord, that you will continue that work, that she has not gone blind and she is not going to, Lord. For, Lord, you open the eyes of the blind, Lord. You don't let pe- your g- people go blind. So, Lord, we just thank you in advance, Lord, for the healing of her eyes that she'll be able to not only continue to see what she can right now but that it'll get better and better as the days go by that you will give her clearer and clearer vision in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I thank you Lord for Mandy Lord Lord be with Mandy and Todd as Mandy goes into surgery Lord that you would give the the surgeon give him wisdom, guidance, and direction, guide his hands, Lord, that all would go well as they fix her neck and the, the spinal disc, Lord. Lord, that I know mine's in a different part of the spine, but it's painful, Lord, to have a herniated or a slip disc or any of that stuff. And so, Lord, we ask that you relieve her of the pain and that you give the surgeon guidance and direction. You help her to heal quickly, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that by your stripes that Mandy was healed and made whole and we thank you for it lord lord i just lift up sheila and ranger to you lord and i lift up ben that you would give him wisdom as he takes care of his mama lord and that you would bring healing into both sheila and ranger lord in the name of jesus and draw their hearts unto you lord as they go through this valley lord that they would learn lean on you and that you would bring healing into their lives lord both physically and spiritually in the name of jesus now lord i just ask that you be upon this service lord that you just anoint me afresh for the words that you have given me to speak this night oh lord and that you would help me to speak them clearly and to to bring forth the heart of what you had for me to say lord in the name of jesus amen So Sherry asked me if I had a title and I hadn't even thought about it because when I was praying about what to preach about, the Lord usually gives me the title first and then leads me along to, you know, the scriptures and what all, but this time he gave me the scripture first, so I just told her Galatians 2.20. So we're starting in Galatians 2 tonight um, because it's all about him. And so Galatians 2, 19 through 21, For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. That Galatians 2.20 has been a really large scripture in my life for many, many, many years. Um, Back in my mid-twenties my then father-in-law some preacher i have no idea who that man was it was some guy out of britain that he was following and back then there wasn't the internet so i mean he he had tapes or something that he was watching I have no idea how he found this guy but it was almost everything the guy taught was on galatians 2 20 the fact that we have died and been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. And so my father-in-law talked about it. I mean, it like enveloped his life, which was not a bad thing, but it taught me so much every time I went because different things would come up in life, and he would say, well, God's in control. We died, so it doesn't matter. We died, doesn't matter. We died. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, it was a really hard concept for me to grasp back then, and I have spent a lifetime trying to grasp this. But it's about the grace, isn't it? It's by the grace of God that we are kept in him. It's the grace of God that draws us to him in the first place. Trying to be good and always doing the right things to make other people happy is following the law it's religion instead of relationship and i tell you there there are some branches of christianity who are very legalistic and they are they're very much law followers and if you don't worship on this particular day then well you're not doing it right and if you don't worship this particular way then you're not doing it right well but it's not about the day that we worship on or how that we worship is the fact that we do worship together and we worship alone the living God when I was young I was very much a people pleaser I still have to fight that tendency I want to do for others and there's nothing wrong with that but if we do for others because we have to being versus being led by God we're actually going outside of God's will for us even as we're doing good things this is what leads to burnout in so many including myself so in 2014 um I was really I didn't know that I was burning out I had no clue I mean I didn't all I knew was that I was getting very very overwhelmed and i was in india and working on a team and um but my schedule was too much for me and and i had some health problems at the time um, that thank the lord i don't have any more but at the time I was fighting a arthritic autoimmune so I would get very tired and everything but yet there was this this schedule that I was required to follow as part of the team and everything and and living in so I lived in what they called a small city it only had a few million people and of course The language was not English for most people. I had a few friends that that were um, educated in in English and spoke good English. But on the other hand, the everyday folk that lived around me, my neighbors, the neighborhood. So even going to the grocery store was hard because I was having to translate in my head and everything because everything was in Hindi. And so it was very tiring and um, so in our team leader believed that because the indians work this all the secular in indians and hindus muslims everybody worked six days a week everybody what's funny is is everybody head off on sunday but <laughs> even though the amount of christians is like really small but that was the day that they had off, and every uh, everybody, as far as the offices and all that, stores were open on Sundays. But um, there was a different day during the week all the stores were closed. But the point was, is that we were. I was working six days a week, but then my so-called Sabbath on Sunday, I was going to a Hindi church. So the whole service and everything was in Hindi, and so again, it was like that very tiring when you're when you're learning a language even if you you're already grasping quite a bit it's still it's very tiring as your brain is like translating because it's not like an automatic thing like when you're speaking and hearing English you automatically know what it means versus hearing a word and like trying to translate it in your head as you go along anyway so I started getting very overwhelmed and I knew I was in trouble and I was scheduled um, to go to Thailand for my visa run I had to leave the country every six months and I was going to see one of the couns. there's a group of counselors in Thailand that specialize in overseas workers um, and so I was going to go see one because I knew I needed help there were you know just little stuff I would just feel overwhelmed and cry feel overwhelmed and cry feel overwhelmed and cry and so but then my mother passed on January 2nd early in the morning and so I came home and so even more so I like called Springfield going okay I was already in trouble and now I'm really in trouble you know because my mom passed and I didn't get to say goodbye but so you know I went to a counselor found out I was burned out and started working on what to do to remedy that but my point is is that God doesn't intend us to be overwhelmed. And this can happen to anybody, whether they're in ministry or just working in a job where you work way, way too much or have more responsibility than you can handle. If we're overwhelmed, it's a signal to us though that we're working in the flesh instead of living by faith and following the spirit. We're trying to do everything in our own strength instead of resting in Jesus. I had to learn to let go of those things that I can't control. You know, something as simple. So when I came home a couple of years later from the field and started going to church here and everything, and then, you know, I met Alan and I got married and, you know, I'm working and stuff, and I was slowly getting better because it had been a couple of years. But something as simple as the projector the internet with the projector not working in children's church what am i gonna and i would just and just dissolve in tears thankfully i have a strong husband who is like it's okay we can just do this <laughs> you know and so it was very good but it takes time to and and to learn how to cast that off i mean i haven't i don't even remember the last time that's happened now thank the lord because he's been delivering me from that because I had to learn to just truly, maybe that's why I needed to speak about it tonight because the Lord has really brought me a long ways in this in being able to just rest in him and know that the internet's not, well, okay. Then we'll just do this, that, or do it the old fashioned way and whatever, you know? God knows, God is in control. And if something doesn't work, it doesn't matter because God knew before it happens. Because in truth, God controls it all. It may take me by surprise when something happens, but it didn't take God by surprise. He knows these things. He knew what would happen with my back. He knew what would happen with Alan's shoulder. Those things were not a surprise to him. He knew. He has a plan. If we just stop and rest in him and ask him to lead us to his plan. Because we're only perfect in Jesus. It's not about trying hard not to sin, to always do the right thing, to please everyone around us, to be perfect, because we can't. And that's how we end up overwhelmed. If we've died to sin, then instead, he can be perfect through us. Because if we really count ourselves dead, then it's easy to be submitted to him and allow him to flow through us because we won't get in the way. Jesus is not our co-pilot. Jesus is our pilot and we're not even the pilot. we're just the plane he flies us around he tells us which way to go he says go up he says go down he says land he says take off we're just the plane if you think about it, we're not even the copilot he's the pilot and we're the plane and we are supposed to do what and where and when he says to even when it doesn't make sense to us because he knows and sees things that we don't see. When God called me home from India, I was heartbroken. Why did I have to leave? Why couldn't I go to Latin America? I'd been in El Salvador and Costa Rica before. I spoke Spanish, I had a, an invitation to go to Peru and, and work with Ms. Phyllis, um, who came here and spoke one time. But God kept telling me no. He didn't give me peace he didn't give me peace and i didn't know why but god knew why because god was going to bring me the answer to my over 20 years of prayer of a godly husband so god brought me home because he knew why i needed to come home even if i didn't just think if i had not obeyed oh i still i'm sure the lord would have blessed my ministry wherever i went but i would have missed out and he'd admit some other girl. (laughs) But he has wonderful plans for our lives, but we have to be willing to follow him, to seek him and his kingdom first every day so that we can hear his still soft voices in our hearts. So we can be led by him daily, hour by hour, minute by minute. It's an adventure with Jesus. It's all about our relationship with Jesus, not what church we go to, not how many good works we do, not how many bad things we do, how often we volunteer. It's not about good works and bad works or sinning. It's not about where we go to worship. It's about relationship with Jesus, not religion because if we're focused on Jesus and not the world around us, we'll be going in the right direction. Now, this is gonna sound odd, but it's sort of like dieting. If you focus on what you can't have, which is sort of like having to follow law and religion and rules and all this, then you're miserable and you always feel deprived and you end up with a victim mentality the woe is me's everyone else can have that to eat why can't I but no instead if we focus on what we can have the delicious foods that God made for us to eat and eat them with thanksgiving because he has provided them for us then we're eating by faith because we're focused on God and his many blessings for us instead of woe is me It's thank you Jesus for providing for me thank you Jesus for health thank you that I can walk and that I can lift things and that I'm healthy we're all different I eat lower carb because that's what the Lord led me to to heal my body it's not what man was telling me to do if I had followed kept following what man told me all the little laws about what I should eat or not eat you know low fat and whole grain and all that stuff my blood sugar was going up and up and up and so I went to the Lord and the Lord led me to the low carb and I started that the Lord reversed my prediabetes, and it stayed gone by the grace of God but it's because I focus on God not the rules when I focus on the rules I get the woe is me but Lord that that food there that's not really food, is free today. Somebody brought it and just left it there at the clinic, and anybody can have some. But no, it's not the food that the Lord made for my body. But God might have you eat the whole opposite. You may you may do better with low fat. I don't know, and it's not up to me to tell you anything, but look to God. Focus on God, because he knows what what's best for you in all areas of your life. But that's just an example, the whole diet thing, because that goes with anything that we do in life. It's not about the rules and the regulations, because if we focus on what we can't do instead of what we can do, if we focus on what we don't have versus what we do have, then we end up in the woe is me's and a victim mentality, and God is not fair, but it's not about being fair Galatians 5 24 and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires Whew, that's strong isn't it if we belong to Christ Jesus we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires yeah I, I think that's why Paul said I die daily because it's not something you can just do once is it jesus wasn't a victim and neither should we be he gave his life it was not taken from him he laid down his life for us the devil didn't take it from him we willingly take up our cross die to self and follow jesus because we've made him lord of our lives we're doing it willingly when we accept jesus as our lord and savior we're willingly laying down our lives to receive his life and it's not that i have to do this and not do that it's now instead of a bunch of rules it's about jesus what would you have me do what would you do in this situation jesus do you remember the 70s early 80s whenever it was the what would jesus do but that is so true what would jesus do it's about my relationship with Jesus not a list of do's and don'ts and it's different for everyone you ever have God tell you not to do something that everybody else is doing and you're like God how come I can't do that it's not like one of the Ten Commandments or anything but the Lord has told you I want you to do this or I don't want you to do that and it's not about him being fair because the bible doesn't ever say he's fair it says he's just and that's not the same thing he knows what's best for me and for you always he may be dealing with something in my life that's not a problem for you and vice versa that's why we can't judge others only he can judge people's hearts i heard an evangelist way back in my 20s explain it this way if you have a keyboard and god might be telling you to play c c c c c but then he may tell someone else to play f f f f f and if the preacher or a friend starts telling you to play f when you should be playing c it can get you all messed up and off track because instead of doing what god's wanting you to do you're doing this other thing once you maybe and you could miss the best part that God has for you in your life he wants to fix C in you and then maybe he'll take you to F or maybe not maybe he'll take you to G because each of us has different things and he works it out in us a little at a time God knows what he is transforming in your life and he always does it step by step he's not in a huge rush ever notice that God is more likely to do things step by step versus instantaneously now he does do instantaneous healings they're recorded in the Bible I've seen it happen oh that brought back a memory there was a a a little girl boy girl I think in El Salvador and we had a team we were out in the middle of nowhere at a little bitty church and we prayed for this little girl she couldn't see in one eye and the Lord opened that So he does do it, sometimes instantaneously and sometimes step by step. He's not in a huge rush. He's more interested in changing you from the inside out one day at a time. Even when he delivers someone from alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or sugar addictions or whatever, there's still the daily walking it out by faith, trusting God to lead us and keep us from falling back into it we have to hold his hand second corinthians 5 7 says for we walk by faith not by sight every day walk by faith seek him first every day and he'll lead you throughout the day psalms 37 23 to 24 the lord directs the steps of the godly he delights in every detail of their lives every detail church he delights in every detail of our lives though they stumble they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand you know you remember when your kids were little and you told them, hold my hand so we can cross the street because you're keeping them safe our Father God holds our hands to help us not to stumble and fall so yeah we may occasionally he doesn't take his hand away but if we take our hand out of his we may stumble and then we need to repent receive forgiveness and go on but we're not too likely to fall for are holding hands with god because he's going to keep us romans 6 1 what should we say then are we to continue in sin that grace may abound by no means how can we who died just in still live in it because there's a difference between sinning and living in sin. I mean, there's not a day goes by that I don't stumble in some form or another, whether it's in my thought life or I actually say something rude to somebody or whatever. I don't normally steal or those kind of big things. But, you know, a sin is a sin and it doesn't matter. Because as Jesus said, if we, if we have anger in our hearts, it's the same as murder. So you think about it, how many times have we murdered somebody in our hearts? But the difference is, are we stumbling and sinning and then seeking, repenting and seeking forgiveness? Or are we staying in that sin, staying in that anger, holding on to that anger because we're justified? Mm, Because no, we have to forgive because he forgave us. Romans 7 6 we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin hallelujah Romans 6 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus we are free church we are free from being a slave to sin sin has no hold on us i know because because we do sin sometimes more often than others we we have sometimes this idea that we have no control over it but we do we have been set free from that and as long as we keep our hand in our father god's hand he'll keep us because he has set us free As long as we're focused on Jesus, there'll not be a runaway, a runway for the plane to land on. So when Satan sends temptations your way or your own body does, you know, some of it's just our own fleshly desires, then it's a matter of do we give it a place to land and stay in our lives or do we tell it to go on? And not even let it do a touch and go no you can't even touch down you get out of here before it ever lands temptations come but if we've died to sin then it has nowhere to stay in us have you noticed that the longer that you're in Christ the less you have the more noticeable sins it's because we're not giving place to the devil we're not giving him a runway in our lives we've stayed more focused on Jesus and less on ourselves and so there's less that he can tempt us with because of course the more focused we are on us the more there is to be tempted by because when we're focused on us then we're in the flesh but if we're focused on him and walking in faith and walking in the Spirit then there's not a runway for that sin to land on 2nd Corinthians 9 8 and God is able to make all grace Every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. So we're saved to do good works because he gives us an abundance for every good work an act of charity he gives us that grace as we live in his love and grace he changes us from the inside out so we sin less and less and less over time like a caterpillar inside a cocoon breaking fee and becoming a butterfly and flying away metamorphosis transformation he transforms us from the inside out first thessalonians 5 23 now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Blameless, church. We're kept blameless. Now that's freedom, true freedom. 1 John four seventeen and as we live in god our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like jesus here in this world he gives us confidence we don't have to worry about this happening or that happening it doesn't matter what all happens in the world doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court decides. It doesn't matter all of those things because God is in control and we're free to live in the spirit and follow him and allow him to take care of us in all that we do. We can be confident in him. So where are you today? Are you living confidently? In him unafraid of dying because you've already died if we've already died then we don't have to worry about dying for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord how much better a life awaits us in eternity with him unafraid of living because you're already alive in him so we can truly live and just go forth in confidence because he's made the way for us. He is our maker, and we're alive in him. We know, we trust, we believe, and we have faith that he's leading us into the great and wonderful plans that he has for our lives. We can confidently start each day resting in him and his goodness because God's in control. What a relief. No need to ever worry because God's got it. Nothing takes Him by surprise. He's in control. He's ordering our steps. Nothing catches Him by surprise. We can live victoriously in Him. but as we live confidently it answers all those questions of where should I work we let God lead us when should I retire we let God lead us should I help this guy on the street corner I mean is he gonna use what I give him to go buy drugs or alcohol or is he really what he's professing to be we let God lead us because god knows that man's heart because if we've really died to self and we live in him then it's all about where he takes us because he leads us with the peace in our hearts colossians three fifteen, let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful the peace of god that's the wonderful thing that God gives us so that we don't feel overwhelmed when things or anxious when things don't go the way it's all been planned it's okay because we know God has ordered our steps and that's what matters we know his peace that passes all understanding why does he say it that way that it passes all understanding. Because if it was a common person who didn't have Jesus' peace, then there'd be anxiousness and worry and uh, overwhelming sensations because they don't have that peace. It passes the understanding that while you're going through this or that or the other trial or persecution or whatever, you know, sickness in your family, whatever, deaths in your family, accidents in your family, Whatever it is, God can give us peace. And that peace that passes understanding means that all the people around you who don't know Jesus look at you and go, how can you be so peaceful? How can you still have joy as you go through that? How can you be that way every day? And it's, that's the opening, isn't it, church? That's the opening to say, because I have Jesus. The prince of peace living in my heart and i rest in him and he's in control and he has control of my life and so i know it's all okay we follow the peace because it's all about him it's not about me it never was that's a lie in the pit of hell it is not about us and selfies and all of this i mean this is a self generation if there ever was one probably every generation has been selfish we're all sort of born that way think of a toddler you know mine 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 yeah well because they're born selfish you think about it we have to teach them to share I don't know about you but there are not too many toddlers who automatically share unless they're seen sharing at home they learn from us hopefully to share with others instead of everything being about themselves when we get born again we are willingly crucifying our flesh, laying down our lives, and taking up the cross of Jesus to follow him. So now, it's all about him and what he wants in our lives, not what we want and desire. And because God is love, then love is alive in us. That makes us giving and generous and loving instead of needy. God provides for us. Does he sometimes use other people? Do it? Absolutely. But the point is we're looking to God's provision, not man's provision. One of my dearest friends and mentors, when her husband died eight years ago, she told me, I, he died while I was overseas and uh, I went to see her after I came home and she told me, she said, do I miss him? Of course, she says, but people wonder how come I'm not like just a total basket case? And she said because before I married him I was already secure in my relationship with God God was my supply God was my provision God was my emotional support he was all of that and so even after being married did she miss him of course you know but god was still her provision god was still her supply god was still her company when she was lonely god was still the emotional joy that she needed even when she was sad and so it helped her and kept her he has set us free from sin of all kinds but if we stumble he forgives us because we have grace where sin abounds grace does abound much more not that it's okay to keep on sinning because we know we're forgiven no grace has said it's free from sin not to sin it's the love of god the kindness of god that leads men to repentance romans 2 4 or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience not knowing that god's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance As we live in his love and grace, he changes us from the inside out and helps us to be unafraid of living or dying because we know, trust, believe, and have faith that he is in control and he's got it all taken care of. I want to read to you Galatians two nineteen to 21 again, but this time from the message translation because I just love how it puts it. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man or woman. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. He enables us. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I'm no longer driven to impress God because Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but is led by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not going to go back on that. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God could come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. So it's all about taking up our cross and following him, just like he told us to do, to crucify. We have been crucified with him, and as Paul said, to die daily. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I thank you for this word of grace and hope that everything is under your control when we follow you. Lord, if there's anybody out there in internet land who doesn't know you, if you're out there and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves you. He is not condemning you. He may be convicting you of your sin. You know if you're living in sin. You know if you have accepted his forgiveness or not. If you have been willing to make him Lord of your life, And not just claim him and say, well, I prayed a prayer when I was nine and he's my savior, but you're living like the devil. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because God loves you and his goodness and his grace. He's willing to forgive you and all you have to do is ask him to forgive you and repent of your sins, to turn away from them and follow him. And as you follow him, he will transform you from the inside out and hold your hand and keep you in him as long as you stay focused on him. Lord help us to do that. Help us to stay focused on you each and every day. That we would start our day Lord seeking you first and your kingdom and your righteousness because then you'll provide all that we need for life and godliness. Help us, Lord, to keep our hand in yours, Lord, as we go through life, Lord, as we go through the hazards, as we go through this changing world that is changing so rapidly around us, Lord. It has changed so much just in my lifetime, Lord. But, Lord, I just thank you that you're in control. The king's heart is in your hand, and you will him to go this way and that way. So, Lord, no matter who is in charge or thinks they're in charge, in reality, you're in control. And we thank you for it. We thank you that no matter what happens in this world around us, that you're in control. And you will order our steps. And you will take care of us each and every day. And we thank you for it. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. In the name of Jesus. Amen.